Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, what's up, party people? It's time for Alternative Facts, Billboard's weekly rock and alternative music podcast. My name's Chris Payne. I'm a staff writer at Billboard. I'm your host. Couple big releases last Friday, specifically talking about Paramore and Harry Styles. Finally, some time to, to sit with those releases. Paramore is my personal favorite. No surprise there, but the Harry album is pretty interesting, too. Here's some of it. This is a track called Carolina. That's song number three on the album, one of the tracks we didn't hear until the whole thing came out last Friday. Get some heavy Paul McCartney vibes from that song and that bass line, those melodies. Good way to explain that album. Sounds like, I would say, Harry putting his his own spin on a lot of popular styles of rock music from, say, the late 60s through the mid to late 70s, putting his spin on them and just releasing them in today's world through the lens of Mr. Harry Styles. You know, a lot of music sounds like that sounds like this has been made over the years. A lot, really, but not much lately. Especially stuff for the Top 40 crowd, you know? You could show this, this album to a baby boomer, maybe a Generation X person. It'll probably sound very familiar. They'll probably have lots of comparisons. But for kids now, like teenagers now, unless they're... They've really gone back and listened to a lot of the old stuff that's before their time. Beatles, Pink Floyd, The Stones. Unless they really went back and listened to older stuff, I think a lot of this Harry album would sound pretty unfamiliar. You know, you look at the Spotify charts right now. The Spotify Top 50, what's getting streamed a ton these days, there's really nothing on it that is like this Harry album at all. So in that way, it's pretty different. You know, I was I was tweeting about this. This album really is out of step with pop songwriting in the world of 2017. There's no features. There's only 10 tracks. It's generally the same producers across the whole album. Harry's trying to do it his own way, a new, old way. He is working in some tropes, some pastiche, but for a 2017 pop star, still pretty unique. So, all right, talk to Harry. Paramore. New album is a little more concerned with the sounds of where things are headed. 80s inspired, but you know, still still futuristic in some aspects. Here's my favorite non-single from the new album. My favorite out of the bunch that we heard for the first time last Friday. This is Pool. I'm not the only one. 
absolutely love the production on that song. Those twinkles in the background, that distortion effect on Haley's vocals that makes her sound like two different voices singing at one another. Love it. Big shout out to Justin Meldel Janssen. Sorry if I'm saying his name wrong, butchering it. I'm sorry. And also guitarist Taylor York, who handled production duties for that album. Yeah, it's it's a very good record. Uh, has a lot of replay value because of all the textures and moods of how it sounds, how the instruments are mixed and presented to the listener, and it's a very visual album. I think, by and large, Hard Times is still the best song on it. Side B could use another banger of its caliber to keep the momentum going, another big-sounding single, because it kind of stalls a little bit the momentum on Side B in the midsection especially, because I do like the end of it. But overall... I think they succeeded. No doubt about it. This is an album that reflects a lot of where I'd like to see alternative radio, popular rock music go. It'll absolutely keep Paramore in that conversation, and I think keep most of their fans happy. So, Also, they just announced Parahoy, Paramore Cruise number three. Uh, I was on the first two. I'll probably see you on the next one in April. I have some ideas, a little bit of inside info on what other artists might be playing it. Keep listening. I'm going to go through those later in the episode. Next up, we're welcoming back Kevin Rutherford from the Charts Department at Billboard. He's going to fill us in on how Harry and Paramore are looking for their first week sales in the charts. Here he is. Yeah, so wanted to hit on a few big things to start off. You know what? We've talked a lot about Paramore lately to lead off shows. Let's talk Harry Styles because <laughs> he might not be being actively worked to rock stations or alternative stations, but the album is a rock album through and through. Probably more so than most stuff that gets played on alternative stations nowadays. So tell me how you think that Harry Styles' album will do week one sales-wise. Yeah. Uh, so first of all, it's it's almost certainly going to be number one. I mean, there would have to, I think, be some pretty massive uh, sales bumps from, from someone else or someone would have to like throw out a surprise album in order to challenge him, which you figure probably isn't going to happen because why would someone that decide? Liam album. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, Liam's just going to decide today <laughs> like or, or, or like on, on like midweek, just like, you know what? Two days of sales. I can do it. I can do it. Uh, yeah, someone would have to really feel pretty strongly or just not care about chart position, I guess, too. Um, but it's going to do really well. Um, right now, our forecasts has it in about 250,000 uh, overall units, and that was with factoring in uh, the equivalents for uh, track sales and streaming. Um, last we heard, I think the album, pure sales-wise, was going to go about 200, 210K. Either way, this is looking like first of all number one and also one of the biggest one of the biggest albums we've seen this year and uh, according to Keith Caulfield uh, from the charts department story that ran I think on uh, last Saturday uh, the biggest solo debut well not, sorry the biggest solo UK artist male whatever debut um, <laughs> read the story and it'll actually say <laughs> the, the, the exact terminology but since Sam Smith uh, how many years that three years ago at this point um, so it's, it's big. It's definitely big. And, uh, which I don't think anybody is shocked about, you know, the fact that it's selling well. I mean, it's Harry Styles, One Direction always sold well. Uh, Zayn sold really well with his first post 1D album. Um, do you have off the top of your head how many sales Zayn had first week? 
Uh, it was, let me look, I've got it written down. It was um, 157 units. Oh, so Harry's going to win. Yes, 157 Uh-oh. units, 112 of those were uh, pure sales. So, so he's almost doubling him up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, exactly. No, and Zane just... had the much bigger hit to lead off his cycle too. Exactly. Pilt Pilotov was number one. Uh, sign of the time so far is his uh, peak at number four. It's on its way back up right now. And I think there's – well, not, I think I know there's going to be a bump this week because of the album coming out. So obviously some, there's going to be more sales to the song, more streams of the song. And Airplay still gaining on it. So it's going to go up from I think it's 18 this week on the Hot 100. It'll be higher than that. It's probably not going to be number four again or higher than that, but it's going to go up. So it's, it's the song's certainly not over. And um, But at the moment, I guess Zane wins from the from the Hot 100 peak standpoint. But uh, in terms of the Billboard 200, Harry's got him beat. So competing with Harry Styles for this number one, even if they're a distant second, still in the competition, Paramore's After Laughter. Well, Came out last Friday. How does it look? Unfortunately, it's not going to be number two either. <laughs> really, uh, Zach Brown Band uh, put out an album on Friday as well. There, there were some, there were some big releases. Elite, all three at least. If you, you know, big in the guitar world. Yeah, absolutely. What a day for guitars. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And, and the Zach Brown Band album is certainly a, a return to, to form. I, I, I was driving over the weekend uh, cro- across Pennsylvania. I, it was a seven hour drive uh, each way, so had a lot of time, and I. I had my wife throw on onto Spotify Premium the Harry album, Paramore, Zach Brown. And on the way back, we listened to Charlie Bliss because she hadn't listened to it yet. And I'm like, you should listen to this. Uh, but on the way there, that's what we were listening to was because I was like, I should listen to Zach Brown. So because I, I knew at this point I'd be on this with, with you this week. And I was like, well, I should probably at least mention that they're out. And it is a bit of a return to form after the last album, which had some weird pop stuff. It had that song with Chris Cornell that went number one at Mainstream Rock, which was just still one of my favorite things that's ever happened in that format, because it's like (laughs) Zach Brown, man, number one, yep. Um, But they're going to be number two almost certainly. Uh, They're looking right now at about 150K, uh, which makes sense. They've always sold pretty well. Um, So so I guess what this is to say is that Paramore was already going against some giants here. You know, Zach Brown band always sells pretty well better than paramore tends to have at least more recently and harry's harry uh so paramore you're looking at possibly a top top five definitely top 10 debut on the on the billboard 200 um it's just a matter of where it can go um the last i heard from our department was that the forecast is in the 50 to 60k range for the first for uh, the first week um which is which is decent. It's not as good as the last one, but the same is true for yeah. a lot of people. I mean, the last one was the last one. This is granted back the first half of 2013, but the mm-hmm. last one broke 100k first week. Yes, and this was at a time when it was just sales going to the Billboard 200. Now, you've got the track sales and the streams that uh, that that go toward it. Um, and that was before. Yeah. Ain't It Fun really caught on because mm-hmm. that was later in the album cycle. This was when, like, Now was the lead single. Now, Maybe a little Still Into You. Still Into You, I think, if I recall correctly, was out by then. I don't know if it was radio then, but it was, like, certainly it had been put out as, like, a pre-album yeah. digital download, you know. Um, so the singles weren't super popping, and it still sold pretty well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, but and they it was were, their first number one. Yes, yes, it was. It was, it was a number one, and uh, they were coming off, you know, 
pretty sizable success to their previous two albums. So, um, and that's not to say that they're not coming off of success now too, but it has been a couple years and hard times is a little different for them as we've discussed. Um, so, you know, I, I don't think it's shocking that it's like, we're, it's currently trending where it's at. And again, it was going against some big albums. It's also coming out at a time when you've got a Kendrick Lamar album that's still selling very well. Guardians of the Galaxy is out right now, and that always sells really well too, especially now a week, week and a half after the movie came out. Um, and it's got new, there's a new Chris Stapleton record out in the world too, and he sold so well last time. Um, so it's got a lot to go up against. If they put this album out like, you know, two months ago, it wouldn't have as much to contend with, but it wouldn't have made as much sense because this is the very sunny warm weather record, I think, and it would not make much sense to put it out in February or March. So they did what they had to do, but they were, they are going against some, some heavy hitters. So if you, you know, look at the, the chart next week, when it comes down, you see that they're not number one. I mean, don't fret. It's not, I'm trying to, I'm not trying to make excuses or or anything, but they're going against some big artists. They were probably not going to beat unless that they had like this massive number one hit before the album came out. And that just obviously didn't happen. And I don't know. Yeah. And another excuse, if you will, is that there wasn't a ton of lead time between hard times and the album dropping hard times came out in like the middle of April was at radio for a couple weeks and then comes the album. There wasn't a big, more traditional long buildup. This one, this one was kind of like a half or maybe a quarter of a surprise album. So there's that. Yeah, I agree with that. Although also just even this, we don't have to have to go back to 2013. Recent big releases in their world, Panic at the Disco, Death of a Bachelor, Blink-182 California. These bands broke 100K easily first week, and Paramore is like half of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I will say Blink had had a, a assist from a, a ticket bundle sale, but... Um... <laughs> That's you gotta throw that asterisk in there. Yeah, and I, but I mean that was kind of important because I remember back when that album did come out, some people were very surprised, and then it was like you know we we put it into our stories like, well here's why you know I'm not that's not to say it would not have sold well because it's Blink One Eighty Two, they had a very big alt hit at that point with Bored to Death, so they were going to sell pretty well, but that helped them surge even further. Um, but Panic, yeah, it's it's they definitely couldn't. They haven't been able to get to those heights, um, and that's even with um, Panic. I don't know if they even had a single that was really hitting hard in the way that like Bored to Death was. No, that it was like yeah, Death so. threatened me with a good time, kind of, but like, it was kind of like half a hit on alt. Yeah, Victorious, I think, was the one yeah, that was, was the Vic- single at that point, mm-hmm. and same thing, yeah. That's still one of my favorite things that blows my mind in a good way. Just how many records that Panic album sold. Mm-hmm. I believe it was 160, 100, I think just shy of 170 units that first week, right. which is insane. Yeah. It was for albums released in the calendar year of 2016, I think it was in the top five of how much they sold mm-hmm. year end. Yeah, it was. It was one of the biggest rock releases of the year. It was a, I mean, it was, it was a huge album. Um, but that's, I guess, it's just a testament to how Panic has just kind of kept, kind of kept in their lane. I mean, they they don't sound exactly like they did in two thousand five, but they, you know, you you hear Death of the Bachelor now, and you're like, okay, yeah, this this still makes sense. This still very much sounds 
like I'd probably expect them to sound. Uh, so they never really did a crazy left turn. And uh, the fan base on them is just is intense. And uh, and that's not to say that like someone like because Blink Paramore's or, is too. Yeah, yeah, Blink or Paramore. Yeah, they they have a very rabid fan base as well. Um, I think Panic just right now though they are they they all I think he it feels like he also puts out I, I say he because at this point I guess it's just Brendan. Uh, seems like he's been a little more um, there's been more frequency to the releases. Totally. Um, and so I think that kind of helps. And also, he will play every single award show you you throw at him. I feel like I feel like he was on a lot of them. follows and Fall Out Boy's example. Yep, he, exactly. He learned from the best of yep. in terms of playing every awards show. Yeah. N- now it's now it's DNC. <laughs> I feel like you see DNC hit everything. Um, and I mean, you know, that's what you that's what you got to do. That's what you got to do. If you don't mind, then cool. Right. I mean, like it's it's nice to have bands at these things at all so it's like cool I'm like all right I'll, I'll accept it all right we, we slipped in some dnce slander <laughs> just kidding i don't know I, we I, love you joe jonas yes uh, Ke- catchy music man catchy music cool well kevin thanks so much for coming by thanks is there any uh, shout out your twitter handle and any projects <laughs> you're working on right um now? at surfwax 83 on twitter um no major projects right now but i did uh just as you did, uh, contribute to a story on Billboard.com this week about uh, is Paramore the best band of the 21st century? And uh, I, I I threw out an opinion that I'm not happy about, but it is my opinion. Go read it. And, <laughs> and there it is. It's there. And uh, It might turn you yellow. It... Yeah, <laughs> turn back the clocks. Turn back the clocks, and then one other thing, I guess I'm kind of throwing around in my head, and we'll we'll see what happens with it. Is just like you know, right now the rock charts, uh, radio charts have no 21 pilots, and this is the first time this has happened in two years. So, I, I'm kind of interested in looking at you know where were we then, where are we now, you know, because 21 pilots were such a big force on this format for so long. You know what has happened in the wake? Has anything changed? Did they did they change anything, or is it still kind of the same as it was back in tw- in early twenty fifteen? It's just that they happened to be the band who capitalized on what was happening then. I don't know the answer to that yet. I'm kind of going to dive into that here soon, but uh, who knows? Maybe next time I'm on here, I'll have something more to say with that. We'll see. Thanks to Kevin for coming by. Before we get to our next segment, here's a quick word from our sponsors. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Okay. 
up next. We're talking My Chemical Romance. Why are we talking My Chemical Romance? I thought they broke up in 2013. Well, they did, but tons of fans are still really excited for their next move, and the old album's still awesome. Billboard's got an interview coming up next week with one of their members. It's bassist Mikey Way about his band Electric Century. And you're about to hear me chat with the writer, the interviewer from that piece. Her name is Maria Sherman, welcoming her back from last week. You might remember her on last week's episode talking about new metal and rap metal and new music she's excited for. She's chatting now with me about Mikey Way and the whole band, what's up with My Chemical Romance, if they're going to reunite, if they do, what it would be like. Last year, leading up to the 10th anniversary date of their big album the black parade they teased something on social media and fans just completely lost their shit lots of people thought the band was reuniting well it turned out to be just a 10th anniversary re-release of the album but point remains a lot of people still really want my chemical romance in their lives so here's marie and i chatting about exactly that What makes me really think that they're going to get back together is, well, they just got such a resounding positive response last fall and they teased that they were going to do something Black Parade related and everyone thought it was Reunion, but it turned out just to be a re-release. But that combined with, I heard kind of indirectly that they'll reunite sooner rather than later and I get the impression that it's going to happen before too long. I think what they should do is... Okay, when did... My Chemical Romance broke up in 2013, right? Yeah. I think the sweet spot is no more... Or, like, at least five years, I think, is when, like, people are kind of like, all right, we're ready for the thing. I don't know. There, there's no, like, math or, like, methodology to that number. I just feel like five years seems to be, like, the, like, sweet spot. I think what they should do is wait, like five or seven years and then headline Coachella. <laughs> I'm serious because it's, it's weird because they weren't like in any means like considered like a cool band, quote unquote air quotes. I don't know. Um, but I think everybody has a sort of appreciation for them. I mean, great pop songs. I found out like kind of retroactively that like a lot of music critics really liked the black parade and it makes sense. It's like a gorgeous, like incredible rock album. Um, yeah, Coachella. Write it on your calendars. It's going to happen. No, that's a good idea. And like you said, it would force those gatekeepers that be, those Coachella gatekeepers, to brand them as a cool artist from the jump when they get back into it. Exactly. But uh, uh, but well, that would also, I feel like, the vast majority of their fans would be really frustrated because the vast majority of their fans are not running out to... Indio, California for a My Chemical Romance show. Right. They would lose their minds. And maybe, yeah, maybe that doesn't have to be the reunion, but I bet they could at least play Coachella. Because what did After Drive and do? Did they reunite and then do Coachella, or did they reunite at Coachella? I think they, because they've definitely toured since. I think it might have been initially at Coachella. Right. You know what? Maybe it'll just be whoever gives them the most money. I don't know how these things work. Like, Jawbreakers reuniting at Riot Fest this year. Riot Fest is a long tradition of getting artists like punk bands specifically right. back together yeah but i thought like jawbreaker at least blake schwarzenbach was like we're not gonna do this it's, they I were one of the last holdouts of this whole era of emo right emo era punk bands from the 90s reuniting yeah like now it's almost weird if they don't reunite <laughs> it really is like who, like who hasn't reunited where the members are able to like 
Yeah, I don't know. Is Fugazi. mineral touring? I saw, I saw, <laughs> I saw mineral at Bowery Ballroom two years ago. Recently, oh yeah. my gosh! Okay, mineral well, did the reunion tour. I got no, no guesses. Yeah, I mean, I don't have any off the top of my a head. A promise either. ring? No, I feel yeah, like they've, they've played. Been, yeah, yeah. We're gonna have to go to the '80s. It's gonna be like Rites of Spring headline. <laughs> Rights of, Sp- em- like Rights of Spring headlining Riot Fest 2020. Oh my god, Embrace with like the eight songs that Ian McKay wrote. Oh my god. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, my Chemical Romance. Yeah, My Chemical Romance. <laughs> so I-, I think like what you're saying is totally plausible and I think for the fans to be happy and I think the band would do this, just announce a subsequent tour right after this supposed Coachella date. Right. I just... I, like I think they, I like actually I would say pretty confidently I think there will be a reunion of some kind at some point. I don't think it's going to be like a sustainable thing. I think they might reunite the correct way if you've read Simon Reynolds Retromania, which is to not exhaust your fans by reuniting for a short period of time and then calling it quits again and like living your life. I just if if we look at all the members individually, which I think we will do, it just doesn't really make sense for like Mike Hem to come back full swing. Yeah, let's let's dive into this because I think you've covered this solo members endeavors a little bit more than I have. Let me know about how you see each member and how it fits into this. Okay, um, I guess the the easiest place to start would be like work our way up to Gerard. Uh, so I'm I'm thinking Ray Toro, the guitar player, the lead guitar player, um, one of probably he was my favorite member for a while. He the guy with the hair, the guy with the hair, also a fellow Puerto Rican. So. Respect my body, was. Um, he put out a couple solo songs that were kind of really experimental for what was expected because he's such a guitarist and it's like these really intricate like piano ballads that were just kind of like soft and delicate in a way that was like very unexpected. Did not have any of the sort of like musical theatrics of like My Chemical Romance when they do hit a piano bench. Um, and he was also singing, and I guess you've only really heard his voice in, like, the background of I'm Not Okay and, like, See You and Far Between, other singles and non-singles. Um, I think for him, it's mostly, it seems like more of a hobby, like, he just needs to make music because that's his passion. It doesn't really seem like he's pursuing it sort of, like, full force. I know, like, um, I guess after they confused everybody with not reuniting on the 10-year anniversary of the Black Parade, he was kind of one of the first people to be like, it could happen, but not now, so chill out. Thanks for the support. Um, so if I had to, like, if we had, like, a board or a chart where we could rank, like, who is most likely to want my chemical romance to reunite, I feel like Ray would be at the top of the list. Because um, it just seems like it would make sense for him to do that. I don't know. But he's also a dad now. Maybe he just wants to take a break. Yeah, and I... You mentioned I, I always saw like a big Latin fan base with My Chemical Romance, but I never thought about that. Do you think it has to do with Ray? I don't know, but it would make sense. I mean, like the representation is like sort of key to identity. And mm. like other than like at the drive-in, like emo wasn't very, it was very Latinx yeah, friendly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, or yeah, or like just not white. Um But I think a lot of it's just kind of as like sort of dramatic Queens-esque music. And I think like... Latin fans kind of flock to that. Also, hmm. I just feel like like rock music is just really popular in Latin America. Yeah, if you see the tours that go through South America. Yeah, it's just they, yeah, it's like so many rock bands play, play who play arenas in North America go down to South America and do stadiums. Yeah, and I I just think it's always sort of been that way. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah, ima- imagine the My Chem South American tour if they got back together. <laughs> Come to Brazil. Brazil <laughs> Brazil explodes. <laughs> that, yeah, that would be great. Yeah, so I, I would say, like, if it were up to, like, Ray Toro, I feel like we would see a My Chemical Romance tour, or reunion, rather, mm. pretty soon. Um, and then who's next? I guess Mikey Way. Uh, he is in that band Electric Century. He... Um, He's doing well now. He also is a new dad, um, but has had, like, some sort of um, abuse addiction issues for a while there, but is in a band that will be touring soon called Electric Century, um, and that he seems to be enjoying. I mean, he's, like, the primary songwriter. That's probably exciting for him. Um, Do you want to shout out the Billboard piece? I will be interviewing Mikey Way about this for Billboard soon, and I think it'll probably be his first time kind of opening up about... um, like rehab and just becoming this musician in a new project. Electric Century started almost immediately following My Chemical Romance. I think most of the members kind of put out music or said they were going to pursue their own things kind of as soon as they disbanded. Um, and they put out like a record with the UK magazine Kerrang, but it doesn't really exist anywhere online, which seems really Prince-esque to me to like just release something and be like, go find it, guys. <laughs> um but soon will exist for the world to actually listen to um, more than just a few songs or demos of singles and such. So he seems pretty committed to like his new project and also just like getting healthy and new, new era of Mikey. But maybe he would want to reunite My Chemical Romance. I don't know. He's a wild card, I would say. He is Gerard's brother, though. Yeah. So that's something. <laughs> that is something. I mean... They both I'm, live in L.A., and um, I know um, Frank Ayero lives in New Jersey still. Ray is... I have no idea. I'm just going to guess California. Maybe he stayed in Jersey, too. <laughs> I don't know. Gerard is definitely We don't have LA. to track them all down. <laughs> <laughs> if you have their addresses, please add me. <laughs> Um, so who else? So next would be Frank Iero, the second heartthrob after Gerard, who um, has been making music under his own name for a while. Used to be, it's Frank Iero and the Patients now. Used to go by another name, um, but most recently last year he was in a horrific car accident um, that he didn't really speak on until he talked to me about it. But that's an MTV thing um, where he was kind of just. They were hit. They were unloading to go like do an acoustic performance at Twitter in Australia and Sydney, and they were rear-ended by like one of those big Mercedes buses, um, like a street bus, and um, beaten up pretty badly. Um, not to the point where anybody had to like learn to walk again or something, but just like really bloody, gory, sort of like the scariest way you could be hit by an automobile sort of situation. And uh, I think that they were dealing with a lot of, like, both emotional and mental and, and physical scarring because of that. Um, and it was also, I guess, a month or two after Frank's grandfather passed away. And if you are a My Chemical Romance diehard fan, like I used to be and probably still am, you know that um, Frank's grandfather essentially raised him and was kind of like this big loving force in his life. So it was just kind of a lot all at once for him. I do think that if you talk to him, you get kind of a sense that he has this, like, new lease on life, um, Mm -hmm. which is really beautiful and cool and inspiring, Um, which makes me, like, I didn't ask him when I talked to him about this because it was, like, the first time he talked to anybody 
post this like horrific accident about on my chemical romance reunion but i kind of got the sense that like maybe it would happen one day seeing as now he kind of wants to like take life by the horns or or what have you um so i would say it, it would like i think frank would be on board for a my chem reunion just not right now because he's still working on like solo stuff and he's just now touring again since that accident so kind of learning how to perform and and all that stuff and then we just got gerard who is the one I think would be least likely to want to reunite? Um, I think if we look back, at, if we look at like Gerard's personality through this whole crazy career that he's had, even before My Chemical Romance started, he wanted to be a comic book artist, kind of fell into music and pursued it because comic books weren't working out and he is just so incredibly talented at music. And now he's kind of doing what his initial passion was, which is just comic book stuff full time. I don't know why he would want to abandon that. Um, and also it's way more consistent. He also has a daughter named Bandit and is married to Lindsay of Mindless Self-Indulgence. It just doesn't really seem like he would want to, like, kind of enter the crazy arena again. He seems kind of like a homebody who just wants to, like, draw. I don't know. What do you think? Maybe it's going to be that big comic book tour, being on the (laughs) road again that puts him out there. That, yeah. It's like, I miss the road. (laughs) Why aren't my boys out here? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that very well could happen. I don't know. I also feel like he um, he's also sober. There are a lot of temptations on the road. Mm. Um, he just seems like a guy who just wants to hang out at home. Um, that's not to say he'll always be that. Like, maybe there's potential for that, but I don't know. Touring is exhausting, man. Yeah. It seems like for him it would just really take that that very simple urge of, my chemical romance needs to be done. It's been X amount of years. So many people want it. My bandmates are interested in it. All those forces coming together. And finally, yes, let's do it. Yeah. Well, maybe it's like we keep saying like reunion as if it's synonymous with touring. Like it might be that they decide to play like a couple one-off shows in major cities around the world or something. I could see that happening. That seems like way more feasible. Um, It seems like fans would be upset about that because I just see them – having so many fans all over, so many fans in the suburbs and the flyover states. You know, they're a massive internet thing. Like, so many ordinary kids are into them outside of just, like, New York and L.A. and Chicago and whatever else. And for them to reunite and tour, they would have to really do it the right way. Right. They would have to hit, like, Billings, Montana. Yeah, I mean... (laughs) Well, like, with, with that understanding, that really <laughs> makes me think it's just not going to happen. I don't know. We're just scaring them off now. Yeah, I mean, oh, man, I, I don't know. I feel like I have some mutual friends in common with Gerard Way, and they all kind of say that he's sort of a homebody and just, like, hmm. is, I don't know, doing his art thing. Well, he did, he did the t- the solo album, Hesitant Alien, that he toured behind. Right, that is true. That is true. Okay, touche. But it also, like, I don't know, It's it's that's very different from... That was 2014, so that's kind of, at least the promotion behind that is over for now. Right, and that was also immediately following My Chemical Romance, so it could also have just been the pressure of, like, this is the life that I know. He could have had, had, like, a record deal where an album needed to be done by a certain time. We don't know. Right, yeah. Um, He did put out two new songs with a comic book last month, Um, but I think that was just kind of, He's with DC, right? I think so. Yeah, he is. I think, yeah, I, I don't, like, I don't think that was because he's, like, has an urge to make another record. Who knows? We should talk to the guy. Um, 
as much as I would love my Camel Coromance reunion, I just don't see it happening in the immediate future. Yeah. But immediate future, I mean like 2017. Coachella 2018. <laughs> if, if, if you made me guess, do they reunite by the end of 2020? Or maybe what, what would the decade be? The end of 2019? Wait, didn't they break up in 20... 20- Oh, the end of this yeah, decade. Yeah, I'm just oh, going sorry. by I decades. Like, I thought you meant like decades. But sure, I, I said at first, if you made me guess, will My Chemical Romance get back together by the end of 2020, I would say yes. I would agree with that, but I would not go into detail of what I think that would look like. I still don't think that they would go all in. And who's going to be their drummer if Bob's out of the picture? I mean, I'm sure there's lots of legit drummers who would love to hop on tour at My Chemical Romance. Right. Is there anything else My Chem want to touch on? I don't think so. I feel like I could talk about them forever. Um... I guess it's important to note that I feel like they were pretty, at its heart, a mo- like a progressive band in like a time and scene where that really wasn't happening. I think they were always really inclusive, especially like with LGBTQ rights. And if they reunite, I don't think it'll seem like a sort of like dated experience because it seems like they were always no, good guys with like forward thinking ideals. Yeah, like like we've been touching on, they weren't one of these pop punk bands that just had a bunch of white bros who went to go see them. Right. Yeah. Yeah, if anything, I feel like most of my Chemical Romance fans I knew were women, um, but that, I don't know. And like there's a, just such a subculture around the whole band and their right. mythology, and like we were, like we were, we didn't touch on touch much on the last album, the Killjoys album, but I know there's a whole different sort of fandom that's unique to people who are really into that album. Yeah, because there are characters and stuff, which is interesting. Um, which kind of, I guess, feeds into Gerard's love of comic books and sort of creating worlds. Create a new world where my chemical romance exists, or <laughs> Yeah, you heard me. I would bet on my chemical romance reuniting sometime in the next five years if I had to put money on it. We'll see. Thanks to Maria for coming by. Follow her at Maria Sherman on Twitter. Get the word on her Mikey interview that's coming up on Billboard.com next week. She's a great freelancer for us and a bunch of other places. If it's a music publication you've heard of, she's probably written for it. So we'll for sure be having her on the show again. What else? What else? Before we wrap up the show, I said at the top of the show I would have some educated guesses on Parahoy guests. Well, I was on the cruise last time, and I got a sense... 21 Pilots might be on the next one. So this was early 2015. They've gotten so much bigger since then. It would be kind of weird to have them on someone else's cruise not headlining at this point, but who knows? Stranger things have happened. Aside from that, uh, Newfound Glory tends to play every year because Haley and Chad, I think they would play again. Me Without You also play the past two cruises because Haley loves them. Aaron Weiss, the frontman for Me Without You, appears on After Laughter. I could see a third appearance definitely happening. Don't be surprised if Paris is on the cruise. There's also a great band called Tiger's Jaw, who just signed to Paramore's label. It's a new 
well, Paramore's label as in Atlantic, but this there with a new imprint called Black Cement Records, this band Tiger's Jaw, indie rock duo. I've seen the Paramore people tweet about them before, and also I interviewed Tiger's Jaw for Billboard a couple months ago, and they specifically mentioned how they would like to tour with Paramore. So, huh? Maybe there's a connection there. We'll see. What else? Uh, how about All Time Low? They're another band who's got a fan base with a lot of overlap with Paramore's and they recently signed to Atlantic Fueled by Ramen, Paramore's label so I could see them in support. Who knows? Lots to think about. Maybe we'll even have All Time Low on a podcast soon. Actually, I would bet on that. So anyway, I'm wrapping up. Would love to hear your feedback. Star rating on iTunes. Write in what you like, what you don't like, what you want to hear more of. Also on iTunes, you can subscribe to the podcast. Hashtag alternative facts. One word can do it in itunes subscribe or just search for that in the podcast app of your phone twitter much more direct easy way to get at me my handle is cpain on a plane c-h-r-i-s-p-a-y-n-e you can just search for my name it's the first one that comes up always appreciate your feedback always respond anyways i'm out i'll see you next thursday Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.